Get Advisor Fit with Olivia Looper, a series of interviews with financial consultants and industry experts helping financial advisors strategize, market, and grow their business using core fitness values and analogies. Do something today that your future self will thank you for with Get Advisor Fit. Here's your host, Olivia Looper. Hey guys, welcome back to Get Advisor Fit, where we encourage you to lift heavy, invest often, and market your ass off. Today, we are joined by Libby Grywe. She really needs no introduction, but just in case you haven't heard of her yet, let me tell you. Have you ever wished that you knew an advisor who built a seven-figure practice while working only three days a week? that was willing to share her systems, processes, and business hacks with you? Meet the Efficient Advisor podcast host, Libby Griley. Her specialty, breaking down the functions of a financial planning practice into actionable step-by-step processes designed to get you results and get you out of overwhelm. She provides you with expert interviews, done-for-you templates, and easy-to-implement solutions, all tied together by her mission to create ease in your business, the goal to lead you from overwhelm to efficiency. So, Libby, tell us a little bit about your background, how you got here before we jump into the amazing information that you're going to share with our guests. Well, good. Well, thanks so much for having me back. I'm going to try not to repeat too much of my story from the last episode that we did, but really my my drive to share efficiencies and process and all of the things really kind of stemmed from this idea that years and years and years ago, right? I found out I was pregnant. I was your typical advisor working 80, you know, 70, 80 hours a week around the clock like a crazy person. And then I found out I was pregnant, which was great because we wanted a baby, but it was not so great when you're literally, you know, busting your hump, doing all of the things that an advisor is supposed to do, right? Or I should say supposed to do with the bunny ears quote thing um, at the beginning of your career. And I just remember thinking like, this is not going to be sustainable for me. And I am on a fast track to burning out. And I had that realization where I was like, you know what? I don't have an actual business. I have a Libby. If Libby yeah. doesn't show up, things don't get done. If Libby isn't here, uh, you know, things get clogged in the pipeline. Like it was literally a, a, a Libby. And while I had support and I had people around me and I had advisors that I was working with, it really was not an actual business. And the kind of business with systems and processes and automation and delegation and all of the things needed to operate at a really, really high level without just constantly being in that state of overwhelm and playing catch up. So I set out on a personal mission just really purely for myself to streamline my practice, to um, simplify everything that I was doing and to build the right team with the right people in the right roles built around simple systems and processes that we could actually execute you know, consistently and really try to just double down on client experience. And ultimately that led us from a, you know, two, $300,000 a year revenue practice working four jillion hours a week down to a pretty streamlined team, uh, you know, small, but mighty. There were myself and I had really one full-time and two part-time staff members. And we were able to continue to scale and grow 
at a pretty exceptional rate while at the same time I continued to reduce my hours down and down and down until we really kind of settled in at a 24-hour work week. Oh, I love that. I mean, I knew your story, but every time I hear it, I pick up on more detail that just makes it even more impressive. So I have a question. If we could go back to your career, Libby's career as an advisor, and pinpoint a couple pivotal things that you did to dramatically reduce your stress and overwhelm, what would they be? Yeah. Well, great question. So when I think about Libby kind of circa 2004 to 2008, when I started my practice, I definitely had this entrepreneur's mindset of, you know, oh, I'm 22. I have no children. I can sleep till noon and work till one. And just like had no structure at all, zero structure. And I wanted it that way. I didn't want to have like weekly team meetings and huddles and all of this like anchors (laughs) in my calendar, right? Like that sounded like boring corporate things that my dad did, you know? (laughs) Right. And that was so naive of me. And I just remember it like finally when I was pregnant and I was like, okay, if I'm going to do this in three days a week, I'm going to need a little bit more structure. And I'm an Enneagram seven. So structure is not my natural sweet spot. I don't necessarily like what? (laughs) Yeah, I don't believe it. I don't believe it for a second. Yeah. No, I hate structure. I am not organized. If you were to ask my mom, you know, my bedroom was a complete disaster as a teenager. Like it is not my natural functioning state. So it was definitely a learned skill. And I say that because, you know, I get advisors all the time who listen to the show and I talk about having like, you know, advisor ADD and just, you know, kind of like the, the shiny object syndrome. And, and literally if, I can build structure into my practice and find that I thrive on it. Anybody can. And I think one of the keys there is for me, I was only working three days a week. So working in a super structured schedule allowed me to work three days a week. So that structure really gave me a lot of freedom and and it felt so counterintuitive at the time. And now looking back, like when I go through transitions in my life or, um, you know, when we've made kind of changes to the way that that we operate or when I sold my practice and I started doing the efficient advisor as my new full-time gate, like just established when I was rhythmless, it was just a mess. And the more structure and the more rhythms that I've created within my business and in just in my life in general, without being like hyper-structured, right? Like not like down to the minute, but having yeah. a general idea of what I'm supposed to be doing, when I'm supposed to be doing it, and focusing on the actual activities that are going to move the needle in my life, whether that's you know personally or professionally, oh my gosh, that has just given me the freedom to make what I want to make financially. That's given me the freedom to um, to work just three days a week. That's given me the freedom to be the mom that drives the kids to school and picks them up and you know is able to make them snacks and stuff. It just it's given me more freedom than I would have ever expected. So if I could go back to kind of early Libby. And you know, say, hey, girl, like here's a couple of things I would do earlier. The the absolute first one would be to establish a little bit more structure, and um, I do that through what we call a model week or in a model month, and then a kind of a a model year. So sort of at a micro, a medium, and a macro level. Okay, I love this. I mean, as a professional bodybuilder, structure is so key to being successful. So, and I'm the same way. I 
was like, why make plans? Life is unpredictable. Why don't we just <laughs> go with the flow and, you know, see what happens? Plans are made to be broken and all of these things. And um, so when I finally saw that structure can be freedom was in bodybuilding and then transfer that over to my business. So I'm with you on that, sister. Now, again, even more impressed because the fact that you naturally, and I literally just said this before we started recording, we're building systems in Asana. I hate it. My brain doesn't work that way. It hurts. My brain hurts, right? I just said that before we started. <laughs> yeah. And here you are like, um, I don't like it either, but I can do it. And it has improved my life in these ways. And another interesting thing, which let me just tell you how good Libby is at this, because what we talk about in advisor marketing or any marketing in general is showing people what 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 it was like before what with solutions and what the outcome is after the positive outcome, right? So pain, solution, positive outcome. And Libby does that really well in her marketing. So if you're having struggle, struggling with your own marketing, you take a note out of Libby's book and say, hey, how can I do that with my own practice? So that was just a side note. Thanks for listening on that. But <laughs> <laughs> back to uh, processes and systems. Um, so I know that advisors are like, okay, I know I need to like have better systems and processes in my business so that I can have these same positive outcomes that Libby had when she did this with her own business, but they really are like, I don't know where to start. So what processes do advisors need to have in their business in order to sort of follow this path that you've been down? Yeah. So it's one of those things, right? Where it's like, everybody knows we need it, but it's frankly kind of trying to figure out well, where on earth do I start, right? Like there's there's so many different facets of a financial advisory business and there's so many processes and micro processes that it is kind of a difficult place to start. So I always suggest looking at what I have kind of defined over the last, you know, being being in this de- you know this industry now for nearly two decades, which makes me feel crazy old, by the way. Uh, side note, I was speaking at, an, at a next-gen conference uh, a couple of months ago in Denver, and I mentioned that I started my business in 2004, and I was looking out at the crowd, and I was like, oh, They weren't even these, born yet? They weren't born yet. <laughs> I have never I felt so old in my entire life. Like I still like to think like, oh yeah, I'm this young mom, and right? Like, no, I have teenagers, and I'm an old lady now. So, uh, oh, but, I know. But, I feel what, you. What comes along with being an old lady, right, is lots of experience, lots of experience. And these last two decades have really taught me these seven kind of key processes that exist in every financial advisory practice. And everybody is doing them, whether they're doing them intentionally or not is a totally different thing. But they're, you know, your first one is marketing and prospecting, right? So that's your sweet spot. That's where, you know, you spend all of your time and energy as helping advisors just totally crush this marketing and prospecting. And as you know, you have to have a process for that. You have to have a system and yeah, you just, you just crush that. So anyone listening, check it off. If you listen to this podcast on an ongoing basis, just check it off because you're good. All right. (laughs) Number two, your planning process. So from the moment a prospect calls you to the point where they say, yes, I want to be your client forever and ever in an ongoing relationship what is that start to finish process? And everybody's looks a little bit different, but we're talking kind of your basic, there's some sort of discovery, there's some sort of goals discussion, there's some sort of analysis and data gathering of some kind. There's usually some recommendations, whether that's a 24-page advice summary letter or a one-page financial plan, I don't care. There's some sort of recommendations to move forward on something. 
And then the client says, yes, no, maybe some of it, whatever. So there's this planning process that is, and for me, this is the big one. This is the one that Mm. I spend a lot of time with advisors sketching out, automating, delegating, uh, creating templates, things to make this process smoother, better, and faster. Okay. So we've got marketing and prospecting. We've got your start to finish planning process. Then there's onboarding. And so from the moment a client says, yes, yes, we want to be your client. Then we start the onboarding process. So getting their assets from A to B, taking the applications, like all of the the paperwork that is, you know, that exists to do the business, to turn them from prospect into a client. And there's a lot more that goes into that. There's there's three layers of, of every process. There's usually the paperwork, there's some sort of expectations setting, and then there is this human-to-human connection that we're trying to use every process that we have in our practice to actually amplify and build relationship. But that's like a whole nother podcast. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So marketing, planning, onboarding. The fourth one is your ongoing service model. And how are you going to continue to strategically deliver value to clients in year two, year three, year five, year 12 of your relationship? We've got your client experience process. So how are you intentionally creating experience for your client? We've got your referral process. And then if you are in the investment management space or you you manage assets, which most financial planning practices manage assets in some way, shape, or form, you've got your investment management process, the actual, like, how do we select the funds, the investments, how do we manage the portfolios, et cetera. And then I'll, I'll share this with you because I love you. There's technically an eight <laughs> I talk about the seven eight bonus, a little bonus process, if you will. Bonus Um, process. Bonus process. (laughs) So (laughs) if you're a leader and you have employees, you should actually have an employee experience process as well. So as much time and energy as we spend putting into our clients and building loyalty and building rapport and relationship, we want to be doing the same thing for the people that work with us and building that loyalty, that rapport, and that relationship, right? And investing in our employees, both how can we help them develop personally and professionally? So those are kind of the seven processes that every advisor is going through and they're going through the motions, whether it lives in their head or it's down on paper, whether we're being intentional and we know we're doing it or not every advisor is going through at least those seven things. Yes. And I I would totally agree. The planning process is a big one. And I have a lot of folks who come to me and sort of be like, here's the stuff that I have for my planning process. Is this a good process? And I'm like, number one, I can tell you my, you know, from my limited experience, but I am not ever done financial planning. So I will tell you, from the perspective of a prospect, you know, if I was a prospective client, what that looks like to me, but you know, you got to talk to somebody else for, to see if this is a good process or not. <laughs> of course I can help you with the collateral, but that's a big one. I mean, it's really hard for people. And, and I find that when, um, because in our marketing messaging, we write about the planning process a lot too. Like it needs, we, I always say it needs to be on the website. Um, we could talk about it in socials and email and things like that because people want to understand like, what does the next step look like? Right. So um, we do, you know, come into contact with that one a lot, but the client experience process, I heard something at a conference uh, last year and the woman's name was Brittany Hodak or something like that. I can't remember. Something like that. She was great. She was a phenomenal speaker. Her presentation was wonderful. And one of the things that stuck with me 
um, from her presentation was if your client or prospect was going to rate every single interaction with you, would it be happy face, neutral face, or unhappy face? And like the goal is like to make sure every interaction leaves them with a happy face, right? And she gave some examples from like Chewy.com and their customer response emails and things like that. And um, so I always think about that. And I think that might be a good way for advisors to think about the different steps of all of these processes, right? Like, is my client at this point, would they rate this a happy face experience? And if not, how, what can we do to change it? But so these are, I mean, definitely if you have no, if you haven't started putting these things together or logging your SOPs in some place, um, this is going to sound like a big project. But there are ways to get help. One of those <laughs> is Libby's Systems to Scale Group Coaching Program and Mastermind. So um, why don't you go ahead and tell us what this is and how it can help advisors who are struggling with some of these things? Yeah. Well, really, you know, and you don't even have to be struggling, right? Like, so where this kind of originally came from was when I was, you know, when I got my practice to that seven figure level and I was working three days a week and I was working for a broker dealer at the time and the broker dealer, you know, started kind of trotting me around the country saying like, oh, look, you know, we're trying to hire younger advisors or more women. And they're like, oh, look, we have this person in Cincinnati, Ohio, right? So not LA, not New York, where people can just kind of chalk it up to, oh, everybody there has money or whatever. Like I'm in, I'm in Ohio. Like I'm in the, yeah. as Midwest as it comes, right? And, you know, they were trotting me around saying, we have this, this woman in the Midwest who's this young planner and she's doing blah, blah, blah. And so they had me out speaking. And what I found was advisors from all over started coming to me and saying, can you just give me the thing? Like, instead of like, I, I've tried this, I don't know. I, I, you know, I didn't go to school for business. This is an encore career for me, or this is my first career. I don't have this background in standard operating procedures or, you know, how to actually develop and document a process. And I don't know much about leadership or delegate. Like, you know, it was just such a struggle for most advisors. And you can have this really successful practice. And it's kind of that, you know, we've all kind of heard that imagery of like the duck gliding across water and it looks all pretty and gorgeous on top. And then underneath it's like paddling like crazy and the water's churning and it's like a big old disaster. And that frankly, is how the vast majority of financial advisory practices work. And that's totally normal and totally to be expected and totally okay, right? You spend all of this time just going, okay, I just want to make it. I just want to be able to pay my mortgage. I just want to be able to feed my family. I just want to be able to like make it in this business. And when you hit that point where you're like not worried about paying your mortgage anymore and you've made it in your business, then you're just so overwhelmed with all of the things that you've been working so hard for. And then you kind of step back and it's like, we tend to beat ourselves up, right? And say like, I should be further along. I should be more organized than this. I should be whatever. And, you know, I just want to normalize that that is the normal. advisory experience. It's normal. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I want to normalize, normalize that, that it's normal. normal. It's yeah. normal. Everybody has been there. Everyone hits that inflection point where they have that kind of like, oh crap moment where they stand back and go, oh my gosh, I this is exactly what I prayed for. And now like it's all on me and holy Moses, this is a lot and I need some help and I don't know where to start. Or even if I know where to start, there is nothing worse than sitting down and staring at a blank piece of paper and you know, and, go, and just kind of going, okay, like 
now what? Right? Like I don't have time for this. Nobody has time to stare at the blank piece of paper. So kind of where this whole uh, really where the efficient advisor in general came from was this need that I was hearing from advisors all over the country saying, I just need someone to just like give me the process, like give me the chassis and I can modify it and make make it work for me, but I don't want to have to build it from scratch. I don't know where to start. I don't know how to start. Can you just give me the thing that is working for you? Explain to me how you're using it and then let me modify it. And that's really the, the precipice for the efficient advisor in general. And where the systems to scale framework came from was really just out of these two decades of experience, understanding like there's certain things that have to happen first, right? There's certain layers to this business that you need to have in place. There's like foundational pieces that we can build upon and we can build upon because I see two advisors who jump right into trying to build a process and they haven't done that foundational work. So they're running into roadblocks or when they get to that more foundational work, then they have to come back and readjust the entire process process that they just spent all of that time and energy building. So where this kind of came from is I have a heart specifically. So I've been working with advisors one-on-one since, I don't know, 2014. And, you know, the demand is really high for which I'm super, super grateful. Um, You know, I sold my practice in 2019 to, to pursue this full time and it's great. But what I found is that with demand, right, you keep, you keep increasing your prices. And something I really, really struggled with is I have a heart for that advisor who is, you know, in years into the business, they know who they are as a planner. They are at that inflection point, right? Like they're not worried about making it. They're making a good living. They're maybe not ready to jump into like 30 grand for coaching because they don't have the time, right? Like they're so overwhelmed. So it's like that advisor that needs it most. And so I wanted to create a program where I could take all of the templates, the SOPs, like all of the stuff that I've built out and created for my own business, but then also for advisors and make it super accessible. And this desire for community is something that I've heard over and over again for the last you know decade that I've been doing this coaching is I want to be in community with other advisors. And I want to be in community with other advisors who are doing things differently than me, not necessarily just with the same broker dealer or the same RIA. So this so really the systems to scale group coaching and mastermind kind of was born out of that idea of how can I do something that's a one-to-many? How can I still provide all of the support, all of the templates, all of the teaching. How can we go through this together and connect advisors to other advisors that they can be in community relationship with and share ideas and experiences and what's worked for, you know, a small hybrid in Boston might be something that a broker dealer in San Diego can apply to there. But it's just, and it's been so cool to watch it evolve. We're in our third round of it right now, getting ready to release our fourth round that starts in January. And it's fun to see advisors actually carve out the time to work on their business. And in a way that's really, really, you know, there's accountability, there's a curriculum, if you will, like we have a set calendar where we do this on this date and we keep moving it forward so that advisors can have those quick wins, right? We break these big, giant, ugly, hairy processes down into teeny tiny bite-sized pieces that you can actually work on in a week and make significant progress. Like the goal is to set the dominoes up so that they can push the first one and just watch them fall. And actually at the end of the 10 months, so it's a 10 month program at the end of the 10th month, be like, holy smokes, 
I actually built out these all of these processes. And we don't go through all eight. There's just no way to do that in a 10-month window. But the most important processes for a practice that they can actually look back at the end of the year and be like, oh, that was on my to-do list for three or four years. And now here I've actually I've done it. We've got it implemented. And I can start to feel the overwhelm and the anxiety. And I'm leaving, you know, just disappear. And I'm leaving the office at 2 p.m. on a Thursday instead of 8 p.m. on Friday. And I'm actually able to relax and enjoy my family all weekend and not be tethered to my phone, putting out fires and wondering if stuff is slipping through the cracks. Yes. I love that. I mean, there's two things specifically that I really like about this offer. And one, it goes really back to when I first started in the industry. And I heard someone say like, oh, well, advisors are kind of like in their own bubble. And I was like, this is the weirdest industry. They really are. Like right? they are just kind of operating blind almost. Like, I mean, it's come a long way since 2018 when I started, right? Because like, COVID made everybody come more digitally online. Back then, we were still trying to convince people that they needed to be online. Now, everybody got the memo and they're like, oh, yeah, okay. Well, when the world closes <laughs> down again, we don't want to be caught with our pants down kind of thing. So we're all here. That's great. So it's come a long way. But still, like, how do we find the in a group that's right for us? And that's the second thing that I really like about this is that I, I joined a community this year for the first time. And I can say without a doubt that it changed my life. But I see other opportunities out there that I think could be similar, right? But what keeps me from wanting to be a part of that group is that they're not specific to marketing. So I'm in a group of people who have all different kinds of businesses, and there is value in, in that. But we're not talking about the specific fulfillment problems that agencies would have or um, – you know, things that do with my business. So this is specific to financial advisors, the processes that you need in your business. It's not like going to like Vistage or one of those places where you're not with people who don't understand, you know, where you're with people who don't understand how you make money, how you operate your business and things like that. So it's specific to financial advisors and you're going to get that checklist done because Libby has a curriculum, which is the third greatest thing that I really like about this. You're not just meeting and talking, right? Like, it's not like, oh, let's just chat about some crap. It's like, we're going to chat about this crap, <laughs> but then you're going to have some, you're going to actually go implement it, right? And then, so there's that accountability piece, the community piece, and the fact that you're going to be with people who are running businesses just like you. So we can learn, like you said, from other people in the space um, who have a great understanding of what we do, but might are, are different enough in some ways, like varied enough audience within the financial advising space that you can learn, like you said, the hybrid here might have a good idea, like that something might work well for the BD over there. So if I was an advisor, I would be in this group. It's I like wish that there was a group like this for marketing agency owners. <laughs> well, you should just start that. So it, it's like there's I know. A, contr a controlled diversity, right? Like there's still a lot of diversity of thinking and ways of operating, but still controlled in the sense that everybody's in the exact same space, you know, doing financial advice to clients, right? Like there's a, a B2C. It's not, it, it's, yeah, there's, there's diversity in thinking and diversity in operation, but, but all at the end of the day, it's the same space. 
Yeah. And that's what I really love about this offer for financial advisors that you're getting people who understand how you make money, kind of the challenges that you're up against, controlled diversity. That's a really good way to put it. (laughs) So what are some of the tangible results that you've seen the advisors go through your program have? Oh my gosh. Well, the, the, my favorite, that's a great question. My favorite emails to get are from advisors who have been through the coaching program and it's been like a year. And I get these emails on occasion, like Libby, I sat down and I redid the KPI sheet that we do, which is, um, so we like to measure KPIs for productivity as opposed to just revenue or right. Cause like I get advisors all the time. We're like, yay, my income went up 20%. My revenue went up 20%. And then they're like, oh, but I work 20% more. So like, okay, that makes like a lot of sense. So how do I actually increase my revenue per hour? And I'll have people, you know, go through this KPI sheet, you know, a year later when they're doing their CEO time and say, oh my gosh, I worked so much less than I've ever worked before. I you know, our office is now completely closed on Fridays. Um, you know, just all of these like wonderful, like I took a two week vacation with my family to Italy, like the tangible result being like, I have so much more time for things outside of the office than I ever thought possible. Like that for me is a personal favorite. Like I do love, you know, people's revenue going up. I do love people having um, more positive feedback from their clients about the experience. I love when advisors report back that they're seeing significant increase in referrals. I love all of that. But my absolute favorite are the people who are like, I'm not nearly as overwhelmed. I don't feel like I'm going to blow my brains out. I feel like I can actually, um, you know, relax on the weekends and enjoy this business that I built. Because I do feel like a lot of the advisors that are coming through the program are at that inflection point, yes, right, where yes. it's like yes. I'm starting to not enjoy this because I'm getting everything that I wanted, and I ha- I can't slow down and take the time to put those processes in to actually make it a business that I am running versus it running me. And when we have advisors that report back that like, I feel like for the first time I'm in control of my business versus it running me around, that to me is my favorite tangible result. I love this. And I'm going to be a little bit selfish here and tell you why. And it is because I just went, am going through this inflection point in my own business. I think that as business owners, we do whatever it takes to get to the point that we want to get to, right? The point where mm-hmm. we have the revenue that we we need to do the things that we want to do, hire the coaches that we want to hire, you know, what I, the you said, your mortgage or whatever. Like you're making a living, you're doing really well. You use brute force or whatever it takes. Hand, <laughs> I call it hand-to-hand combat, like talking <laughs> to people, networking, like- Excellent description. You get, <laughs> yeah, you get to the place and then you're like- oh crap, what got me here is not going to get me to the next level because it's it's really too time intensive, usually not scalable. Um, and so you get to that inflection point and you have your hands full and you're like, okay, I should have done those things that Libby told me to do like six months ago or a year ago. Maybe I wouldn't be in this predicament, but we, we never can really, you can't, Hindsight is 2020, right? So whatever. We're here, but what got us here isn't going to get us where we want to be. And I think that um, especially for the the 
folks that come into your coaching program, where they want to be is exactly there, not working on Fridays. And, and I've had this thought to myself, like over the summer, I was like, I want my life back. Mm-hmm. I got all the business I could ever ask for, right? Well, we won't go there. I mean, the sky's the limit, but <laughs> you know, I got everything I was asking It's for. okay to be content. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but what about my life? I grew X percent, but I have that much of a percentage less of a life outside of my business. And I just would spend every waking hour at this desk and think, I asked for this. I wanted this, but now Uh I want my life back. How do I get my life back while also continuing to make this revenue? So I think that's what is important about what you brought up here is like, the KPI for productivity. Like you want to increase revenue per hour, not increase revenue and have no life. Right. Right. Yeah. We want a business that is, and there's kind of this, this, you know, so I'm, I'm buddies with, with Michael Kitsis and we were talking about this not that long ago. And I thought this was such an interesting conversation that there's this difference between scale and leverage. And we use this word scale just all the time in this business now. And we want the pieces of our process to be scalable, but not everybody's looking for that like scale, meaning like this thing has no end in sight. There is no ceiling on it. I just want to grow, 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 grow. And I want to have, you know, 10 advisors underneath me. And now I want to have 20 advisors underneath me. And now I want to have a hundred, like I want to 10X my 10X, my 10X. And that's so cool. And there are definitely people that have like the sky's the limit when it comes to their approach. And then there's also people like me. I I had no desire to do that. I I just wanted to leverage myself as best as possible. And how could I scale parts of my practice that didn't necessarily like I think, you know, there's this and this is like total sidebar, but there's this difference between contentment and complacency. And you can still be content without being complacent. And so yeah. for me, like I always wanted to like, how could I keep growing the business? How could I grow the revenue? How could I grow the impact we were having on our clients without necessarily increasing the amount of time, energy, effort, and stress that I was experiencing you know, myself? I didn't, I didn't want that. You can truly build a business to serve a lifestyle or a place that you're at or the season that you're in and know that like you're not here forever and you always have the ability to reiterate yourself. Yes. And I love that, the ability to reiterate yourself. And I think that I always had this sort of limited vision that like we had to decide what we were going to do and what we were going to offer and then stick with it. And it had to be that way, like forever, you know, like we couldn't confuse people. But the reality of it is most people, maybe even unbeknownst to themselves, are evolving the way that they practice and serve and plan or client experience as they go. And it evolves even if you aren't consciously doing it. And what I, why I am so passionate about this program that you're offering is specifically because of what you were just talking about, the scale versus leverage. And I had to look at myself and say, how can I still grow the biz, grow the revenue, increase my impact without killing myself? And what the, the answer was, was going all in on systems. Mm-hmm. So hence the systems. If you don't have a system to collect and convert leads on autopilot, you're going to get burnout in marketing. If you don't have systems within your business to handle new business, you're going to get burnt out 
working inside the business. So I think that systems are really this structure that gives us freedom. That is really what, as business owners, so much of us are signing up for, that freedom piece. So I'm all on board with you, sis. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, that is. That's like my favorite. You know, I could talk about like, oh, there's, you know, client, uh, you know, advisors have been through that have increased their client capacity by X or they've grown their revenue by X or they've, you know, they've had all of these like really cool kind of traditional business metrics grow. But again, for me, it is just like, and there's no great way of measuring overwhelm, but for people to come back and say like, ah, I feel like myself again, or, oh, I'm enjoying my business again. And that to me, those intangibles are just what really get me fired up and kind of keep me motivated. Yeah. I mean, that's really what it's all about, right? I mean, what other, what more can we ask for if we're able to support the life that we want and also be happy with it, you know, content. Um, So one more question before we wrap up, because talking about being overwhelmed and feeling like we don't have enough time, how does an advisor make time for something like this if they're already feeling overwhelmed? Yeah. So when we systematize a practice, you know, just even, okay, so I'm going to give you an example of something really dumb. Even just advisors. <laughs> so there was this research report that just came out maybe like eight months ago that I was reading about. Just for most financial advisory practices, you spend somewhere in the range of 30 to 40 minutes a day just looking for documents. Just looking for documents. Oh, I mean, yeah. like it's like the dumbest thing ever. And then you recreate 10 to 15% of your um, collateral or whatever every single year like 10 to 15% just because you can't find it or you can't find it fast enough. So I, I was doing the math and I was like, wow, so 30 minutes a day, if you work, you know, or 30, yeah, if you work five days a week and I was like, do, 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 you know, punching it in the calculator and doing all the things. And I was like, holy crap, just getting your digital filing system organized will save you almost three weeks a year. So I personally wow. would rather spend three weeks of my business building a business that's going to save me five weeks a year or grow the revenue to the point where I can let go of, you know, whatever I can hire, I can start buying back my time. I can hire someone to mow my lawn. I can hire a cleaning lady. I can bring on more staff or I'd rather spend five weeks in Hawaii than recreating my documents, looking for stuff. So we can find by just, it, it is hard. You, It's an investment. It's an investment of your time. It's an investment of your mental energy. It is an investment of your money. But knowing that for every hour we're putting into this program and we're building out that system that you are going to literally be saving your, your future self, hours, days, weeks, that you could be doing something so much more enjoyable is the thing. So there's no magic bullet of like, oh, here's how you find the time. I mean, sure, we could do kind of your typical like, well, how much time do you spend a day on Instagram? And let's just eliminate that. Yeah, sure. But it is truly like this is your moment, especially in 2024, to step out of that advisor role and into the CEO role of your business and start taking this business seriously and creating a business that is going to give you the lifestyle, the income, and the enjoyment that you want. And there is no bones about it. You're going to have to do the work. However, the way that we've designed this program is to get people from A to Z the absolute fastest. What is the easiest way? How can we spoon feed you the, the templates, the resources, the standard operating procedures, 
uh, examples, samples, what can we do to make that better, faster, smarter, cheaper, and easier for you so that you can experience those results quicker. And there's no bones about it. You're going to have to put in the time. You're going to have to put in the effort. But I think if we really, really think about it, if we narrow our focus and we start like just ruthlessly eliminating the unessentials, the things that don't move the needle, the things that don't make a huge difference in our, some of that busy work that we all kind of suck ourselves into thinking it's being productive and really direct that energy or redirect that energy to something that is actually going to make a significant difference in your life and your family's life. Just you being fully present on the weekends is a massive, massive difference for most people. So that would be kind of my encouragement is you don't find the time you make it. And we've all heard that before. And like, what can I ruthlessly eliminate that's not moving the needle and narrow my focus for just heads down for the next year? And then by the end of 2024, be in a place where my business is a completely different animal. I'm now running it. It's no longer running me. And I could use that three weeks instead of looking for documents. I could sit on a beach in Hawaii. Yes. I mean, it makes perfect sense. And I always, I mean, it to me, it's pretty simple, right? And because the same thing works with marketing systems, right? If you could put, I mean, I ask you, if you could put $1 and get $5 out two months from now, would you do it? For okay, sure. about $1,000 <laughs> and get $5,000 out? Would you do it? And it seems similar, right? If you could, if you knew that putting in X amount of hours per month for 10 months was going to save you five times that amount of time for the rest, the lifetime value of your business. Right. That's an exponential return on your time investment. Not to mention the fact that the productivity is going to increase your profitability. So you're not just going to get a return on your time investment, but on your money. So it's a way to buy yourself time is a way to buy yourself money. I mean, and it's, I think it's tough for people because they have to make that justification up front that, you know, that delayed gratification, but that's, you know, what is that meme or whatever they have, like discipline or investing in yourself now for future gain is like the purest form of self-love because you're saying I'm worth it. I'm worth this investment. My family is worth this this investment of my time now so that I can spend the next, you know, I'm going to say my son's five. So he's only got 13 more years till he graduates high school. And as someone who has high school, having my first one going to college next year, to me, it's like, man, there was so much time when she was growing up that I didn't have to give her. I don't want to make the same mistake with my five-year-old. So if I can put some more time in now while he's five, then I can really enjoy seven to 18, you know, the time that he goes to college. So, you know, to me, it's a no brainer, but to each his own, right? So for sure. No, I love that illustration. You know, if you put a dollar in, would you, and you only had to wait two months, would you wait, you know, to get $5 back for sure? You know, that's like, I'm going to steal that from you. So thank you because yes, you should, if, you you could sa- if you could put two hours a week in now to save 10 hours a week in the future, would you do it? For sure. Yeah. And look, like advisors are really great at saying like, stay put. It's, it's time in the market, not timing the market. Like put your time in and see the, see that time compound back for you. Yeah. I um, love that. Yeah. 
So Libby, thank you so much for joining us for the second time. Uh, your episode has been one of the most viewed. So I'm really excited to share this new one with everybody. Um, if you guys are interested in Libby's uh, coaching program, it's going. the cart is going to open November 30th and the cohort will begin January 9th. 9th. So I'll let Libby give you the little bit more details on how you can find this information. And of course, we'll provide the links in the show notes. Um, Libby, go for it. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. So you can definitely, I would suggest following the link in the show notes. It'll take you right out to the group coaching page uh, where you can learn a little bit more. You can see the systems to scale framework that we follow. You can see some of the, the testimonials and examples, samples that were that we give out inside of the program and you can learn more there. So, but definitely follow the link inside of the show notes, or you can always check out the Efficient Advisor podcast to learn more or I'd love to connect with everybody over on LinkedIn. I hang out either on LinkedIn or in the Efficient Advisor community on Facebook. And as a special thank you to anybody who signs up using the link in the show notes and sends me you know, the receipt to prove that they used the link, um, we can provide you with one month of free social assets or two blogs um, custom blogs for your financial advisory business. So you got a little bonus there. Hey, oh, bonus. Our- so, um, <laughs> hey, oh, bonus is fun. And um, yeah, so you got some, a little incentive there to not just buy back your time and your money, but get a, get a few little social assets or, or blogs to go with it. So thank you guys so much for listening. And Libby, thank you for being here. Oh, thanks for having me again. Thanks for listening to Get Advisor Fit with Olivia Looper. To learn more about Olivia and how her firm, Lexicon Content Development, can help you, visit LexiconContentDevelopment.com. If you want to reach out to Olivia on LinkedIn, you can find her at Olivia Looper Lexicon. And if you'd like to follow Olivia on Instagram, you can find her at Lexicon Content Development. Till next time.